God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, today I'm going to pick back up where we left off here about three weeks ago, and that is studying in the book of Revelation. Uh, Two of those lessons, two of those weeks, I chose myself to digress to teach on some things that God had impressed me to teach on specifically for those two weeks. And then last week we had a special guest, Brother Morgan, great man of God and an outstanding person. And uh, he taught our Sunday school class last week. And uh, today we're going to get back into our study in the book of Revelation. Uh, We are looking at a subject here that I've termed here things coming on the earth things coming on the earth and uh and I'm we're talking we're looking at the book of revelation talking about it and uh, viewing it and everything and there are many things that are happening we know it's time for the lord to come back too uh as you well know here a couple of weeks ago there were two messages in tongues one in our 8 at 8:30 service and one in our our uh, 11 o'clock service and they were both similar not exactly alike but they were similar but they both said the Lord said I am coming soon he ended by saying I'm coming soon the irony about it I was talking to my brother in Milton Florida he goes to the Pensacola church and he said he said to me that same Sunday morning I went to church because we're an hour ahead of them so he sees some of our our programs on on the internet and then he goes to church and he said, I went to church and he said, we had messages in, a message in tongues in Pensacola church, just like, not word for word, but very similar to what we had here. So what I guess that what I'm trying to say here is that God's telling our people everywhere that it's time for him to come back. It won't be long, folks, he'll come back. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is that this is not a time for the church to get careless, to get indifferent, to get lazy, to get slothful, to get worldly and carnal. This is not a time for that. If ever there has been a time that we need to be very diligent about our walk with God, it is the day and hour in which we're living today. Uh, In the first first three chapters of Revelation, especially chapters two and three, uh, it talks about the seven churches of Asia, which is really, they they were actually churches that existed back then. But they also were a type of periods of time throughout the church age period. And uh, if you read and study each one of them, they reflect almost perfectly on a certain period of time throughout the history of the church from beginning uh, whenever the church was established in, in 33 AD. And so from that time, even up to now. And the last church that's mentioned is one called Laodicea. And the problem with the Laodicean church was that it had become lukewarm and it had become indifferent. And they said, we are rich, but yet you are poor and poor in spiritual things, but you say we're rich in material things. This is what we in America and we in these last days must be very careful of. So as we teach and talk about these things, I want you to know that there are some things that's coming on the earth. Now, the coming of the Lord is the next major event to take place. Following that, there's gonna be the judgments of God that's coming on the earth. Uh, the, the Bible says that his people are not appointed to, to, uh, to the wrath of God. And in the, the last verse in chapter six of Revelation says, the wrath of God is come. When it talks talking about all these things coming on the earth. 
the wrath of God has come. We are not appointed unto his wrath. So these judgments are not against the church. However, however, I want you to understand this, that it does not exclude persecution from the world. It's one thing for the wrath of God, another thing for it to be persecution for man. The church has had persecution from man since the beginning of it. You know that, well know it, the early church did. All through the Middle Ages and so forth, the early church went through, the, the church went through persecution. And uh, it's all in the church history. Many people have been even killed and everything else uh, and persecuted and run from city to city and place to place and everything like that because they believed in Jesus Christ and uh, believed in living for God and holiness and righteousness and baptism in Jesus' name, the whole thing, receiving the Holy Ghost. They have been persecuted for that. So it doesn't mean that we may see some persecution. But if we do, the Bible says that when sin abounds, the grace of God doth much more abound. Praise the Lord. So God is uh, right on top of it all. He knows what's going on. And there's a lot of things happening in the world. I want to make a quick review here, if I may. Uh, I am going to uh, put this on the overhead here for us. Uh, this is a quick review of what we have already looked at so that nobody's left in the dark here on this. I'll give you a focus here a minute. Automatic focus. All right. And then I'm going to enlarge that a little bit. All right, this is, a, this is just a quick review here of what I want to just mention to you uh, here this morning before I get into our main lesson which is going to be the 13th chapter of Revelation. But in chapter uh, six, which is the beginning of the judgments of God upon the earth, if you look at, at the, uh, the, 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 the number one up there, let's see if I can get that a little bit bigger for us. I'll get us right in on it right there like that. Can you see that better? Yes, no? Hardly. <laughs> All right. Revelation six here, the four horses, four the four horses of the apocalypse, white horse, the red horse, the black horse and the pale horse. And they all represent something. And each one represents a disaster that comes on the earth. The white horse is a false peace. The red horse is war. And during that war, one fourth, one fourth of the population of the world will be killed. There's coming a great war on the face of the earth. Later on in chapter nine, there'll be another great war that'll be fought. A war in which there will be just millions of people that'll be killed. This is during the tribulation period, folks. This is after we have been raptured away. You understand that? So that's why you don't want to miss the rapture. And the best way to be involved in being sure of your salvation is trying to help other people be saved and come to God and help them. And I believe God's going to uh, reach out to people in these last days to get them in before that time comes. So we're at that time. And during this tribulation period, there's going to be the great war that's going to be fought. And there's going to be a lot of calamities and things that go on with that. Uh, it goes on to say here, uh, the full horses here, the judgments of it. Uh, and also there are some, uh, there are some martyrs that are killed. They call tribulation martyrs, people who believe in Jesus Christ, but they never were saved as we know to be saved for the rapture. 
To be in the rapture, you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 and 11. Read that sometime. It'll tell you. I won't go into that. But it'll tell you that you've got to have the Spirit of God. And also, you've got to have it to, to be His. And you have also got to have that to be in the rapture, the quickening of the dead. I'll go on. I'll move on here very quickly here. And so in chapter 7, here's the sealing of the 144,000, which are all Jews. And they are, uh, then there's the tribulation martyrs also. There's tribulation martyrs in chapter 6, tribulation martyrs in chapter 7. Excuse me. <coughs> and what I'm doing here is trying to give you just a quick review here of what we've already covered. And then in chapter 8, uh, this is the one-third of everything. One-third of everything on the earth is destroyed. Trees, grass, so forth. Uh, One-third of the sea life is destroyed. One-third of fresh water is made poison. One-third of the sun, moon, stars are darkened. And this is all covered in chapter uh, 8 in that scripture. This is an interesting thing. I just read this yesterday, just yesterday uh, in the news. And uh, Japan had a tsunami back in 2011. I think the date actually was March 11th, 2011, uh, which has been uh, nine and a half years ago. They had a tsunami that hit Japan caused by an earthquake off the coast of Japan in the Pacific Ocean. And it created a tsunami. The tsunami came inland and wiped out a nuclear power plant. And they have been trying to, de to defuse the radioactivity effects of what they had in that nuclear power plant. And Japan has been working on it now for nine and a half years doing it. They have a way of treating the, 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 uh, the liquid, the, the process, processing some way and treating it, but it involves them having water that has to be retreated and retreated again. And they have big tanks and they say now that they have run out of tanks. They can no longer keep treating it. Uh, they have run out of tanks. They don't, have no, they don't have enough tanks to go around. And since it's down to about one-tenth of what they need to do to treat it, there's still a tenth factor of radioactivity that's there and everything. They said because they're down there, they've run out of room for it. They're going to take it out into the Pacific Ocean and dump the rest of it, dump it all. It'd take them five years to dump this water that they have stored away that's 95% healed or cured or treated, but not quite there. And the fishermen over in Asia are really up in arms about it because they said it'll kill fish. And if it doesn't kill the fish, people won't buy the fish because they don't want to get radioactivity, you know, anything that might be little, little, little samplings of it. And so Japan, they've got this battle going on in Japan right now. But Japan says, we have got to dump it in the Pacific Ocean, and it's the best and the greatest and the biggest ocean in the whole world in which to dump it. But it'll be a process of dumping it in the water. And I'm thinking here in this scripture here, it says one third of the water uh, is, is made poison. And uh, you know, y y with wars, and this is what's already happened, what about if there is a war? Like, like in chapter six, there's a great war that's fought. Uh, that's the red horses and one-fourth of the population is killed. Imagine, folks, just think about our, our system here in America. Uh, we run on electricity. We run on electricity. 
and we run on gasoline. Gasoline is produced and everything. If you had our, our big power plants knocked out, whatever they are, they are created, if you had them all knocked out in some kind of war, you'd have no electricity. If you had no electricity, the pumps of the gas station wouldn't work. So if you, could, if you pulled up to one, you wouldn't pump gas. You wouldn't have electricity for anything. Uh, you couldn't charge nothing. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm just trying to say we are actually so flimsy. We could lose everything we have. I'm talking about in America now. Everything could be lost if we were ever in a war or some sabotage of these things, I'm just telling you how fragile things are in these last days. So that we need to understand that when the Bible says it's time for the Lord to come back, it is time. And that we need to be ready to meet the Lord. And if there's anybody here in this audience or under the sound of my voice that's watching this on internet, let me just say this, don't waste your time and mess around with the world but get right with God and get your soul ready to meet the Lord because Jesus is coming back soon for his church. And he's going to catch us away, take us away to heaven. Walk with God, believe in him with all your heart, and the Lord will never fail the people of God. Amen. Let me move on here because I've got a lot to give you here this morning. But anyhow, chapter 8 is one-third of everything. Uh, sun, moon is, is dark and one-third of it. Chapter nine, one third of mankind killed. So if one fourth is killed up here, it leaves two thirds, two thirds, and then a third of those two thirds. So when you get through chapter nine, you only have half the world population that you have now, you will have during the tribulation period after you get through chapter nine. And if that seems heavy for you, read it sometime, it's very heavy. And then chapter uh, 10 and 11 here, is the beginning of the restoration of Israel. Israel is restored back in favor with God in chapter 11. And when they do immediately, immediately the Antichrist goes after them. And of course, chapter 12 is the restoration of Israel continued. And so from chapter 11, particularly 11, 10 tells us about the restoration. Chapter 11 is the restoration. Chapter 12 is a continuation of that restoration of Israel. I see, I've got it pushed, I'm sorry. Uh, is a continuation of that restoration that Israel is, is going. Now, uh, I'm going to get into our lesson because this is chapter 12. I'm going into chapter 13. I just hit a button over here someplace. Oh boy, I do that all the time. I, I, hit, I hit something with my finger. I don't know what I do. I have a heavy hand. And uh, let's see, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? I don't know, Matt. I'm always hitting, I do this, set my hand down. Yeah, okay, well, this is going to turn blue. Huh? This here will turn blue. I'll turn blue. And hit this light bulb here. And then hit that one. Yeah. All right, there it is. That's, something's up there. Well, that's him up there and doing something. I don't know what. Okay. See, it won't, it won't turn on until it turns blue. All right. Uh, pass out those handouts. Everybody gets a handout at this time. So uh, there we can go, I think. All right. Now at the top of your page, it will say 10-4-20. That's the date. 
Today is not the fourth, today is the 18th. This was printed for our lesson two weeks ago. And because of the change up of things, we did not teach it then, but it was our schedule to be taught. So this is what you are going to be getting. I'll get focused here in a minute. Zoom, automatic. And then zoom in. This is what you're getting now. This is lesson 11, the 10, 4, the 20 at the right, top right. Change that 4 to 18, that should be the 18. And uh, instead of reprinting all this, I said, no, I'll leave it there. Our people can just scratch it out and put in the date. This is Revelation 13. I want you to turn to Re Revelation 13 and uh, verse one. We're in the book of Revelation. This is about the Antichrist now, the Antichrist. Everybody still with me? All right. During the tribulation period, after all of these things have transpired up through chapter 12, uh, the Antichrist is going to rise to power. In fact, chapter 12 is part of that Antichrist movement. But there's going to be an Antichrist who will rise in the world, and he's going to dominate the world. He'll rule the world. He will uh, conquer the world over a period of three and a half years, and then he'll rule the world in three, for three and a half years. And uh, he, the, the church will have been gone, we, we are gone, but God's people, the saints of God, if I could call them that, will be the Jewish people. The Jewish people will turn back to God. The two prophets will come in the 11th chapter of Revelation and they preach to the Jewish people and turn their hearts back to God. There'll be Moses and Elijah. They'll come and they'll preach to the Jewish people and the Jewish people will turn back to God and they will know who these two prophets are because this promise in the word that they will come back. Uh, this next to the last verse in the Old Testament says Elijah will come back and he'll turn the hearts of the Jewish people back to God, it says that. And the other we know is Moses because of the evidence of how, of the plagues and things that they'll produce. The point I'm bringing out to you here is that uh, they will become the people of God during this tribulation period. So all of these things that's mentioned here against the righteous people will be the Jewish people. They will turn God and they will be the righteous people and the Antichrist will be against them, but God's hand will be upon them in a very special way. Now I'm going to read here in 13 verse one and look at this with me if you would. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and 10 horns. We assume this sea to be the Mediterranean Sea. And upon his uh, seven heads and 10 horns, and upon his horns, 10 crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. Notice the word leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. Notice the word bear here, the animal and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. The dragon is the devil. We know that over in chapter 12 and verse nine. I won't go back to that, but that's, it confirms it that the devil is the, is the dragon. The dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, I'm gonna give you here an artist's drawing. This is a, one of our brothers from Indiana, I think, put this together. Uh, this is just a, a visual here 
of what this beast may have looked like. It's, it's, you know, it's everybody's imagination, but what it may have looked like coming up out of the sea. Uh, terrible beast, and if you'll notice here, it's, it's got a leopard and bear, feet of a bear, and, and heads and a lion in the middle, and leopards around the side, and, and all those kind of things. So anyhow, all the heads are there, and the horns on top, 10 horns. Now, while you're holding your, your place there, I want you to turn over to the book of Daniel for a moment. Over to the book of Daniel and chapter uh, chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. And this is coincidental, but it's not coincidental. It's all in God's divine plan. Seems coincidental. Chapter 7 in verse 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea. Verse four, the first was like a lion. Notice that. These are four separate beasts now. Fifth verse, and behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. Okay, the same animals that's mentioned over in the book of Revelation. In verse six, I'm still here in, in Daniel chapter seven, verse six. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, uh, and which had four wings and so forth. Now, now, we know from history that these animals represented empires. Uh, the lion was the Babylonian empire, the bear was the, uh, the uh, media Persian empire, and the leopard was the Grecian empire. I won't go into detail. And then the seventh here, the seventh verse rather, we're in seven, seven of Daniel. After this, I saw in the night vision, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, come up succeedingly. And it doesn't describe this. It just says dreadful and terrible and exceedingly strong. And it had great iron teeth and it devoured and break in pieces and stamped it with the residue of the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And we know this to be the Roman Empire. And it had 10 horns. Notice the 10 horns factor here. Same thing that you've got over in the 13th chapter here in the book of Revelation. So it had 10 horns. And then it goes on to say here in verse eight, I consider their horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots and behold, in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. Okay, so when you look over here in Revelation, this is the fulfillment of that seventh verse in seventh, eighth verse there in, in Daniel chapter seven. And it talks about this beast rising up and this dragon gave him his power and great authority. Now look down, I'm back over here in Revelations chapter 13. We're talking about the Antichrist now. So that the Antichrist in, in 13 is the same as the little horn that rises up on that terrible beast that is in the book of Daniel. Look at verse four in Revelation 13, four. And they worshiped the dragon which gave unto the beast, which gave power unto the beast. They worshiped the beast also saying, who is like unto the beast and who is able to make war with him? Uh, and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. Same thing it says over in Daniel. And blasphemy, same word is used. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months, 40 and two months, which is three and a half years. And three and a half years is that half of that period that the Antichrist will, will uh, rule and reign in the world. Seven years, 
first three and a half years is his conquest. The last seven and three, three and a half years is his total, complete reign and rule in the world. I'm telling you what's coming on the earth. And it goes on to say here in verse five, and that was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, blasphemy, his power was given unto him 42 months, verse six, and he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell upon the earth. And, and uh, verse eight, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb is the book. The lamb is the lamb slain is the Christ, of course. And uh, so I'm pointing out to you here that in the 13th chapter it describes this antichrist rising to power, which coincides with the things that are mentioned over here in the book of Daniel. I'm going back to Daniel seven for a moment. Everybody still with me? Daniel, we're talking about the, to save time, I'm jumping down to verse 19, 719 here of Daniel. Then I would know the truth about the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured and break in peace and stamped his residue with his feet. I'm in Daniel here now, Daniel. Verse 20, and of the 10 horns, that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Notice that, more stout than his fellows, meaning he could look men down. He could look them in the eye and look them down. And nobody looked at him and they backed down off. Just to look at him, they were like, like you might look at a, 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 your puppy or your dog, and, and, and he, he won't look at you because you, you have a superior look than he does. This is the way the Antichrist is gonna be against all men. And, uh, He'll have this look. And it goes on to say here, verse 21, I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints. The saints here in Daniel, of course, is speaking of the Jews because Daniel knew nothing about the Gentiles being part of the kingdom of God at that time. He knew nothing about it and prevailed against them. This was against the Jews. Verse 22, until the ancient of days came and judgment was set in the saints of the most high the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. That is the kingdom that, and that's Armageddon. And of course, uh, that's when we come back with the Lord in the rapture, from the rapture. We went up in the rapture and we come back uh, with the Lord at Armageddon. He comes back with 10,000s of his saints there. And then we will defeat the antichrist. The, the, God will defeat the antichrist and set up a thousand years of peace on this earth. And the Jews will be his people in that period of time. I won't go any further into all of that, only to say here that the Antichrist is mentioned and that his coming would be on the earth. Now I'm gonna jump over to Daniel chapter 11 for a moment. Is everybody still with me? Have I lost you? Everybody still with me? All right. Uh, I'm going over here to chapter 11. Uh, let me go back to the chart here since you know what this fellow looks like. And uh, the whole world will worship Antichrist. And so I want you to follow here along with me. I'm looking here at chapter, Daniel chapter 11, right here, but into the middle of it here. So that it's a lot of reading that precedes it. It says here, the few words in verse 35, the last few words is even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. And then it talks of by himself above every God. Now clo pay close attention to what I'm gonna read to you here. He magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous things. Marvelous means uh, powerful things against 
the God of gods. Now, when it says a capital G, that's referring to Elohim. That's the Jewish word for God among the Jews. And it means their God. That means the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, it, it means a God who is the God of all things, the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, everything. The Elohim does. A little G just means a God that somebody makes a statue of and says, that's my God. Or he may be the God of water, may be the God of the sun, may be God of the moon, God of uh, health, whatever, you know. He could be any kind of a God. But this one here is speaking of the God of gods. That's God Almighty. And shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. In other words, he's going to have his time on earth. And it goes on to say here, verse 37, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. Now, the fact that he uses the word God of his fathers here, and that's a capital G again, speaking of Elohim, the Elohim is the God of the Jews. So it's, it's thought that possibly the Antichrist will be a Jew. He'll be a Jew. He'll be a, an apostate Jew. And this is why the Jews will accept him for a season, for a while, and then they'll reject him totally. That neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, for the, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God. Now this desire of women, some believe that he may be a homosexual, but this is talking about worshiping some gods. So it, 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 or it could also mean that women had different gods that they worship. Women had particular, particular gods and they built idols and things to it. And so some, one of their gods, it would not be one of them. Don't regard any God for he shall magnify himself above all. You get the picture here? So he's not gonna worship any God, he's gonna be like God. Verse 39, thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge, that's the devil, and increase with glory and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And down in verse 41, he shall enter also into the glorious land, that's Palestine, and shall, and many countries shall be overthrown. I'm jumping to 45, this is interesting. Verse 45, he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. The seas is the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea. Right in the middle of those two seas in Palestine is, is, is Jerusalem. And the glorious holy mountain is the temple mount. You well know that. In the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. So he shall plant his tabernacle, which means that he's going to set himself up in Jerusalem to be worshiped as God. You say, Brother Myers, that's a little far-fetched. No, no, not according to Isaiah. I'm not according to, uh, to Paul. I want you to go with me to 2 Thessalonians because Paul understood this that scripture to be that too. I'm going to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. God bless these people. You guys do a great job. Let's give them a hand clap. How they keep up with me, and I don't know, they, but they do a good job. So we're here at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Look at this with me. So let no man deceive you by any means, and this is what we're looking at here now uh, in this very next verse. It says here, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, which happened in 325 AD and decreased right on up until the reformation period of time. And that man of sin, sin be revealed. That man of sin is the antichrist. 
the son of perdition, which is eternal damnation. Now, verse four, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So you get the picture? Paul is referring, he's gonna set himself up. So by this, we also know that somewhere, whether it's gonna be before the rapture or after the rapture, I don't know, there is gonna be a temple built, rebuilt. You understand? So it's gonna be, and he's gonna set himself up in the temple. And uh, <coughs> it won't be the Dome of the Rock thing, it'll be another temple there. And then it goes on to say in verse eight, I'm still here in Second Thessalonians two, I'm jumping from verse four down to verse eight to save time. And, when, and then shall that wicked, notice the word wicked is, all cap, is a capital letter, which means it's a proper noun, proper. So it means it's a person, a, a, a definite individual. And then shall that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Speaking of the Antichrist, Paul is writing here. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in righteousness in them that perish. These people will perish because they'll accept the Antichrist because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. When people reject the truth and reject truth over in the book of Revelation, they will receive the Antichrist. In fact, here's a scripture. John, St. John is in your scriptures there. St. John 5, 43. What Jesus said, I am come in my father's name and ye, and, me, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. So the Lord is, you know, is talking about the coming of the Antichrist. And I'm just pointing out things here that's in the scriptures here. And because the Lord wants us to know here that this is actually happening in the air. Now it goes on to say, and I, excuse me. <coughs> I wanted to talk about it. in first John four, three, I, this is, I'm finishing this up and we'll move on here then. First John four, three, and every spirit that confesses that not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of antichrist. The word antichrist really comes here from first John's writing. And uh, this is in chapter four, verse three, back in verse chapter two of first John and, and verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that antichrist shall come also in the 22nd verse. And who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist that denieth the father and the son. Okay, that Jesus is the Father and the Son. I'm just pointing out to you here that this phrase about the Antichrist is spelled out here to a great extent. Now, I've got about three minutes left here. And, excuse me, <coughs> very quickly, I want to go back to Revelations chapter 13 and verse 11. Look at this very closely with me. And I'm, I'm down here now. The false prophet with the Antichrist will be a false prophet. And here's what it says in verse, thir in, in verse uh, 11 here of the 13th chapter of Revelation. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the, sea, out of the earth. Notice, not out of the sea, but out of the earth. 
The out of the sea means he comes out for out from among the people. Out of the earth means he is a traditional figure that is already in high place or high society of some type, but I don't know what that is. But that would be somebody that will support the Antichrist. That's already in a position of, uh, of honor. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb. Lambs don't have horns. You get the picture? Two horns like a lamb. He'd, be, he'd look like a lamb, but he'll have horns. Beware. And he spake as a dragon. All right, beware. In other words, he's full of the devil. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. This is why the, world, the people will begin to follow these guys. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Verse 15, he had power to give life unto the image of the beast and the image of the beast which did both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So anybody that won't follow the Antichrist is going to be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark, a mark, in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man may buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man. If you got your Bible, make sure you underline a man. This is speaking of the antichrist, a man. And his number is 600 three score and six, which we know to be six, six, six. And I won't get into that. Our time is gone here, but in all, in, in the Latin language and the Greek language and in the Hebrew language, there is a corresponding number for every letter in the alphabet, in their alphabet. And uh, just like in Roman numerals, Roman numeral, you know what a, a one, you know, one in Roman numeral is an I, a, a V, in, uh, is a five, X is 10. You know, like in Roman numerals, X ten. L is 50. How many of you know that? You know I'm talking about. All right, in the Greek, they have the same system, but not the same, but it's the different letters. And uh, also in the Hebrew, the same as that. And Hebrew has, uh, I think it's 22, 22 letters in their alphabet. We have 26 in the, in the English language. Well, thank God. God is great, and we've got some great things coming up for you folks in the, in the future weeks studies here. Live for God, walk with God, draw close to the Lord. Jesus is coming as soon, and win somebody to God. Win somebody to the Lord. Let's stand and praise him for his glory.